With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Time now for Rocky Jordan. I'm always suspicious of a man, even in Cairo, who wants to play hide-and-seek. Especially when he's a total stranger. Well, this fellow in a felt hat and tweeds had been shadowing me for too long. So finally, around 10 o'clock, I left the cafe tambourine, figuring that before the night was over, my shadow and I would be properly introduced. But before it was over, I met a lot of people. Living and dead. Again, we bring you a story of adventure with Rocky Jordan, proprietor of the Cafe Tambourine, which stands in a narrow street off Cairo's native quarter within sight of the mosque Sultan Hassan. The Cafe Tambourine, crowded with forgotten men from the world's waterfronts, alive with the babble of many languages. Now, Rocky Jordan and tonight's story, Strangers 3. I made a dry run down the boulevard Barkeel, and sure enough, a stranger in felt hat and tweeds was still following me. I headed south, away from the crowds. He was right behind me like the back hump on a camel. I picked a nice dark alley for our meeting and faded into a doorway. I didn't have to wait long. As he came by, I grabbed for him. <laughs> Mr. Jordan, stop it. Who are you? What do you want? Take your hands off me, Mr. Jordan. You've been tailing me all day. Why? Only for an opportunity to talk with you. This is a very personal matter. Uh, from the top of the page, mister. And start with your name. Fader Brahms. I'm delighted. Just what do you want? After I explain, you will understand why I did not wish to show myself. You see, I knew you were a good friend of Angus Moore. It's Lieutenant Levinson. Oh, well, bully for you. What time is it? It's 4.30 in the morning. Goodbye, Walt. Now, you wait a minute. I'm just trying to make things easy on you. And what was that hello honey for? Oh, I was dreaming. What do you mean, make things easy for me? At 4.30 in the morning, nothing's easy. I wanted to let you get here under your own steam. I know what a shock it'd be if I sent Otis down there to drag you out of bed. Oh, yeah, horrible. I don't late eight the fire, the Dracula was loose again. Hey, what do you want me there for? Well, I know you won't be surprised, but there's been a ritter killing. Well, so what? So you're mixed up in it. Now get down here. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's dead? A guy named Benet, auto accident. Rene Benet? Yeah, I guess that's the way you pronounce it. You see, Otis, your mallet head, you were wrong. It's pronounced Benet, not Benny. That idiot was calling him Rennie Benny. Walt, how did you know I was working for Benet? 
Your card was found in his pocket. I'm at 125th Street, so come on up as fast as you can. Well, as soon as I get my football helmet off. Football helmet? You sleep in a football helmet? Well, I do. Don't you? Bye. I left the apartment. You know, Morris? No, Morgan. Now, take my wife. Always wants to know what happened. What? Oh, wait. That's the one I want right there. Uh, no, no, that's Morgan. Angus Morgan. Give it to me. Okay. What can I say to her? She wouldn't believe me anyhow. Angus Morgan. Killed in mysterious explosion, salvaging operation. Off coast of Ross El Hard. Yeah, and then she says, why can't an alert, energetic man like me get a day job? Sure looks dead, all right. Yeah, she's just that way. Huh? My wife. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for everything. Here, file this back under Rocky Jordan. Sure. Good night, Mr. Morgan. I decided to make one more call before keeping my date with Fader Brahms at the tambourine. The authorities seemed sure Angus Morgan was dead. But if he was alive and in Cairo, he was here for one reason. A reason named Sabina. She wasn't too much to look at now, but at one time she was the toast of Istanbul. These days she ran a Turkish bath near the Sharia El Mudafar. It was late, but her office door was open and the sign said, Come in. So I did. I, I can't believe it. When can I see him? He's waiting at the Sharon Sanitarium. Philip, wait. Hello, Sabina. Did I interrupt something? Rocky Jordan. Yeah, we meet again, Sabina, like old times. Don't tell me you want to lose weight. No, no. There's enough hot air over at the cafe tambourine to keep me in shape. I'd like a word in private with you, Sabina, as soon as you're through here. Uh, why, I... I am in no hurry, Sabina. So suppose you go ahead and see what Mr. Jordan wants. I will wait for you. Uh, why, that's very kind of you, Mr. Tournay. Yeah, thanks. We'll only be a minute. Yes, Rocky? Who's the overgrown Frenchman? Oh, Mr. Tournay was arranging for me to give someone a massage at the sanitarium. Please, Rocky, what do you want? Sabina, what do you hear from Angus Morgan? Angus? What are you talking about? You know I've he's... I've got a hunch he's alive. What kind of a cruel joke is this? I get reasons for believing it. Rocky, I know how you hated Angus for double-crossing you. What good can this do you? Can't you let the past sleep? Still do anything for Angus, wouldn't you? Get out of here, Rocky. Sure, Sabina. Get out! <laughs> I got out. If Sabina was putting on an act, she wasn't doing a good job of it. But I knew my visit with her was a sure way of making Angus show his hand, if he was around. I went back to my cafe tambourine. It wasn't yet time for Fader Brahms to show up. So I sat out in my office to try and decide how I could handle him. Uh, hello. Hello, hello. Is this Mr. Yorton? Yeah? Good. I want to speak to you, Mr. Yorton. It is very important. Who is this? Oh, yeah. We have never met. My name is Svensson. Swenson? Jan Svensson. Oh, naturally. Mr. Jordan, I saw you talking to a man named Fedor Brahms. Well, nice of you to tell me. I don't know what he offered to pay for information leading to Angus Morgan, but I can guarantee you he will double his price. I didn't know a dead man was worth so much. Mr. Jordan, a man does not yoke when he is 40 fathoms under. Look, uh, drop the salty talk and get to the point, huh? I am staying at the Hotel Mala, room six. Will you come see me right away? How much money did you say? I'm sure we can strike a bargain. Well, then get ready to bid, Swenson. You got competition. I hung up knowing that Fader Brahms wasn't the only one who'd been following me. Add one Jan Swenson. I figured Fader and his appointment could wait. 
two heads were better than one, and if my 15 grand was around, I wanted to be sure of it. The Hotel Malau wasn't far, and I was there in five minutes. Room six was on the first floor. There was a light on inside the room, and I knocked on Jan Svensson's door. No answer. I tried the door, but it was locked. So I called the hotel manager, and we went in. Oh, oh, what has happened? That bed does not belong in the center of the room and the dresser upside down. It looks like somebody went through here with a bulldozer. Oh, 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 there has been a fight. But Mr. Swenson's clothes are still here. Yeah, a few of them. Yes. Oh, what are these? Oh, heavy rubber gloves, like a deep sea diver's maybe. Nice and new. Oh, this is terrible. Dust all over everything. Yeah, even the phone. We must call the police. Yeah, do that. I left the hotel manager wringing his hands and got outside. I checked my watch. It was time for my date with Fader Brahms at the tambourine. And this time I really had some questions. As I turned to go, I felt something tugging at my coattail. It was a small native boy. He handed me a white envelope and dodged away into the crowd. I opened the letter and it read... Mr. Jordan, before you see Angus, see me. I will meet your price. Signed, Captain Morey. Address, 62 Fernier Road. It looked like time for me to tally the score. First on base was Fader Brahms. Next, Jan Swenson. Now coming up to bat, Captain Morey. I figured that Fader could wait for me at the tambourine, and I caught a taxi to 62 Fernier Road. It had all the earmarks of a sedate rooming house. The skinniest woman I've ever seen opened the door. I'm Mrs. Phipps. May I help you? Yes, I'm Rocky Jordan. Shh. You'll have to keep your voice down. My guests have been asleep for hours. Oh, sorry. Captain Morey's expecting me. Captain Morey? You don't say so. Well, I can't imagine... Look, I got a letter from him. Shh, please. I've got to see him tonight. I'm so angry I could scream. It couldn't have been ten minutes ago. He skipped out of here bag and package. Out the window, if you please. And not paying me one cent for his board and room. Take his clothes with him? Yes, everything except these awful rubber boots. Here, you can have them. Forgot his sea boots, huh? Better give them to the police. The police will be here. I've already called them. Oh, just one more thing. What did Captain Morey look like? Simply horrible. Grotesque and horrible. Oh, thanks. I left Mrs. Phipps standing there, a big new sea boot in each hand, and moved out onto the dark street. I got to the nearest payphone and called Chris at the tambourine. He said nobody resembling Fader Brahms had made an appearance there. We were both late for our appointment. Well, there was something else in my mind as I left the phone booth. I wondered if my visit with Sabina was going to pay off. And then it did. The shots were wild, and there were holes in the wall all around me. I dropped to the ground, rolled up in a dark corner. The guy with the gun must have thought he got me because he took off down a side street. He was big, but he ran like a scared gazelle. I was up and after him, but when I got to the corner, he was out of sight. I let him go. Anyhow, I had one answer. The seed I had planted with Sabina had finally blossomed. Rocky Jordan returns in just a moment. On CBS, My Friend Irma is now one of the most popular comedies on the air, and the two characters, Irma and Jane, are familiar to millions. 
You'll enjoy Irma to her last dumb remark on My Friend Irma, following CBS Radio Theater, Monday night. Now, back to Rocky Jordan with tonight's story, Strangers 3. Angus Morgan was supposed to have died three months ago. That's what the record said. But when three men named Fader Brahms, Jan Swenson, and Captain Morey came to Cairo looking for him and said he was alive, I was interested. Angus owed me $15,000, and I like money. My visit with Angus's old girlfriend, Sabina, paid off on the nose. When shots started flying, I knew Angus was close by. Back in Sabina's office, the fellow named Tournier had mentioned the Sharon Sanitarium, and Sabina hadn't covered it too well. So the next day being Sunday, I invested in one dozen roses and paid the Sharon a visit. On the third floor, I hit pay dirt. I swung a door open, and there, propped up in bed playing chess with Philip Tournier, was Angus Morgan. Rocky! I uh, brought you some flowers, Angus. Shut the door. How did you find me, Rocky? The telephone book. Uh, Same old Rocky. This here, your finger man? Uh, Meet Philip Tournier, my bodyguard. We've already met. Twice. Twice, Mr. Jordan? Once at Sabina's and once outside our phone booth. You're a bum shot, Tournier. I'm afraid you are mistaken. Uh, skip it. Listen, Angus. Rocky, how did you know I was still living? Three men told me. Three? Well, count them. Fader Brahms, Jan Swenson, and Captain Morey. No. They, you're having a relapse, Angus. Maybe i better call a nurse. Stop it, Rocky. They say they're alive. Breathing, too. Right down your thick neck. They know where I am. Uh, not yet, Angus. But they're each offering me a few thousand for that information. I've... I'm beginning to see what you mean. Seems there was a debt. I'll refresh your memory. Fifteen thousand dollars. Rocky, I'll pay you every cent if you promise to leave immediately and forget you've been here. As far as I'm concerned, Angus, you're resting where you so justly deserve. Got it with you? Yes. Philip, this is just between Rocky and me. So if you leave the room... But, Angus, you are sure... I can trust Rocky. You can get me some cigars while you're out. Go on. Very well. I will be back shortly. Well, Rocky, it's been a long time. The money, Angus, remember? Very well. Will you hand me that valise on the lower shelf of the cart there? Oh, sure. Well, feels loaded. (laughs) I'll have a little left. Here you are. Fifteen thousand dollars. Cut it if you like. Don't worry, I'll be back if it's not all here. Angus, I'm overwhelmed. You're paid. Just keep your promise and get out. Sure, I know when I'm not wanted. Just one more thing. Yes? Tell Tournier to stop using me for a clay pigeon or I'll have your three friends up here next. I'm going to show you, Rocky. You'll never hear from me again. Angus put his valise back where it was and I got out. I walked slowly down the stairs trying to decide what I was going to tell Fader Brahms ask Mr. Diamond, although I don't think he'll make much sense. He just accused me of killing Rene. What? Good morning, Mr. Marchand. I thought you didn't know Lillian. Well, prior to this evening, I did not. I I called her because I I wanted to talk to her about Rene's death. Ah, you're lying. Today at your shop, you call me Mr. Diamond. How did you know my name? Well, you told it to me. No, 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 no. You're fibbing again. I just said I was from the police. Only one person who knew both of us could have called you, and she also knew I was on the way over to your shop. 
didn't you, Lil? The name is Miss Richmond. Now prove that I killed Renee. You've got no motive. Well, the designs are enough to start with. You probably suspected I wasn't a hat designer. And you knew you had to work fast if you were going to get those designs to Marchand here before this fall showing. That's not true. Lillian never gave me any designs from Rene. You know, of course, Mr. Marchand, that if we stick your girlfriend with a murder rap, you're an accessory before and... Rick, what's that you're playing? That's a new thing. Kind of pretty. Don't cry, Joe. Well, sing it. All right, but... Uh... But you know that gripey neighbor in the other apartment building. Oh, don't pay any attention to him. Don't hear any of the other tenants yelling for you to shut up. Well, maybe they're not as forceful as the grouch. <laughs> you see, honey, I, uh, I got a couple of letters. Letters? Mm-hmm, from the people in that building. Most of them like the singing, but a couple feel the same way the grouch does. Well, there's only one way to find out what all the people in the building think. Uh, how's that? Open the window and sing so they can all hear you. Well, uh, okay, I'll buy it. You open the window... Don't you think maybe this is silly? Rick, I like you to sing when you come over here, but I don't want you to do it if no one else does. Now, go ahead. Okay. Don't cry, Joe. Let her go, let her go, let her go. Don't cry, Let her go. You've got to realize this is the wind up. You'll feel much better once you make your mind up. Don't cry, Joe. Let her go. Let her go. Let her go. reaction yet. Maybe they all took poison. Well, give them time. We'll find out soon enough. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, come on, let's go to the kitchen and case the icebox. Swenson, Captain Morey. Uh, Angus Federan Swenson hired uh, Captain Morey's boat. Uh, they salvaged an army payroll from an American freighter that had been sunk during the war. Uh, where? Uh, off the coast of Russell Hud. The four of them were supposed to split the money between them. Knowing Angus, he changed his mind, wanted all of it. Uh, that is right. After they had hauled up $300,000 of the money, Angus sneaked off the boat, leaving a time bomb behind. Everyone was reported missing at sea, including Angus. Well, they're not missing now. They're in Cairo. Uh, they will kill me. Sure, if you took the 300000 But I did not. What can I do? Just sit tight and don't talk to anybody. Especially not to Sabina. Tournier was halfway to his phone before I got out the door. But I didn't mind. At least now I had something to work with, if I could believe anything he said. I went out onto the street wondering if I'd ever see Fader Brahms again, or Svensson or Captain Morey. Why would anyone kill Angus, take the money, and stay around Cairo for the police to get at? I stood there trying to figure my next move, and then it was figured for me. The door of a car waiting at the curb swung open. Get in, Jordan. 
Fade of bronze. Sure I'm not intruding. Get in, I said. Okay. But take that shiny cannon out of my face. It hurts my eyes. I may have to use it. I want that $300,000, Jordan. Oh, you haven't got it? No. And I want every cent of it. Tell me something, Fader. How did it happen Angus Morgan didn't kill you like he planned? Perhaps I knew him too well. We were on the salvage boat, all four of us, lying two miles offshore. One night I heard a sound went up on deck, and I heard oars fading into the fog. It was Angus Morgan taking all the money we'd salvaged. Before I could do anything, there was a blast. I came to on a small vessel sailing for East Africa. It took me two months to get back. And I've been looking for Angus ever since. I see. Now you see why I want that money, Jordan. Why don't you look up Jan Swenson or Captain Morey? Why pin it on me? I think you... He hadn't spoken to the stewardess. Just stepped off the plane and disappeared. Oh. Well, uh, what did you do? Wouldn't they turn back and pick him up? Well, the captain of the plane sent a radio message to the airport to locate him. He was there, all right. But he sent word back to me. What sort of word, Mrs. Craig? Just that I should continue on home. That he had some business to attend to on the island and would come on when he'd finished it. Hmm. What possible business could he have on a little Pacific island? Well, I have my suspicions. That's why I sent for you. Yeah. But uh, couldn't the authorities help you? If what I fear is true, I don't want the authorities to know about it. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I wonder if you could clear that up a little, uh... By the way, what's your husband's business? He's a writer now. Well, wouldn't that explain his stay on the island, Mrs. Craig? Research, atmosphere, something? Not quite. You see, there's an organization, a very secret circle on Friday's Island, known only as the group. (laughs) Sounds like a communist setup. That's exactly what it is. Stanley found out, I don't know how, that the group has practically completed plans for taking over the entire area. Well, that all sounds plain... Obviously, your husband knows what would make a great magazine a newspaper story. I haven't told you one thing. Up until two months ago, my husband was in the Justice Department. He was relieved of his position because of what they term security reasons. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean now, Mrs. Craig. But perhaps you're just jumping to conclusions. I'd hoped so myself, Mr. Valentine, until yesterday. A man named Kester... One of the big powers in the communist movement in this country called me. What did he say? He wanted to know if Stanley had sent him any messages through me. I said he hadn't. He told me to expect some and to hold them for him. So it all boils down to one thing. You feel your husband has gone in with the communists down there and that if he keeps up, he'll get in trouble. Yes. And you want me to make him see the light and come back to the States, is that right? Yes. I told you I love him. I don't want him to be disgraced. And I don't want him dead. Well, sometimes people with strong ideas are hard to convert you. I don't care how you get him to come back. That's up to you. Here's his address on the island. Will you try? All right, Mrs. Craig. I'll do my best to act like Frank Buck and bring him back alive. This is Friday's Island, Brooksy. It's pretty, George. Blue skies and palm trees. Yeah, and slow-moving natives. 
Hard to believe any of these people could get excited enough to hatch up a commie plot. Mrs. Craig didn't say there were natives in the group. They could be foreigners. Yeah, probably are. Well, let's try and find the hotel and then call on Stanley Craig, huh? Hey, pardon, mister. Hmm? Oh, hello there. I hear you say you'd like to go to hotel. Well, yeah, yeah, that's right, if you'll direct us. Have courage here. Happy take Mr. and Missy. Is it far? Uh, not far, just hot. Better you ride. Yes, let's, George. Okay, yeah, sure. Hop in, Brooksy. There you be. They'll send that baggage over later, I suppose, huh? Oh, yes, oh, yes. Say, uh, you don't know what hotel... It's Mr. only one hotel in Fort Hope, mister. It's called the International. Oh, Surprised they don't call it the International, I <laughs> What you say? Oh, nothing, nothing. Just a little private joke. Oh, joke. <laughs> we go. <laughs> George, what's the bell for? People know we come. Make pretty sound. Oh, yeah. Say, uh, boy... Uh, name is Leon. Leon Singh, at your service. Okay, Leon. Say, tell me, is this advance far from the hotel? Let's see. Here it is. 17 Bank Street. Uh... 17 Bank Street? Yeah, that's right. Not far. Down by Waterfront. You want to go there? Yeah, but we'll go to the hotel and register first. You want to wait for me? Oh, yes, I wait, mister. I see you get to Bank Street very safe. You want 17. Yeah, all right. Wasn't very far, was it? No, not far. I make knock on door. Well, look, I don't need all this service. Well, thanks anyway. You know person who live here, maybe? No, not yet. Yes, what? Oh, hello. I'm looking for Stanley Craig. Mr. Craig is not in. Oh, no, that's too bad. I have a message for him. Ah, well, uh, perhaps I can take it. Uh, step in, Mr. Valentine. Leon will wait. Where is the young lady? Hmm? Oh, hey, now, wait a minute. You know who I am? Certainly I know. You and Miss Brooks arrived on the plane at 2 o'clock and registered at the International. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, who are you? Granif is my name, Nicholas Granif. Now, about the message for Mr. Craig. Who is it from? Why, uh, uh, it's from Kester, if that's any of your business. Oh, then it is very much my business. Where is it? Now, look, Buster, I'm delivering the message to Mr. Craig and no one else. It is important that I have it. If you do not wish to cooperate... Uh, Perhaps we will have to try other methods. Oh, I see. What's the idea of the gun? It is just to convince you. Uh-huh. Well, it wouldn't do you much good to carry through on that, especially since Miss Brooks knows just where I am and you don't know where the message is. Nicholas, to please say that... In the future, I would thank you to knock before coming in, Anna. Who is this, Nicholas? What are you doing with the gun? This is Mr. Valentine. He's a messenger from our friend Kester in the States. Oh? What does he say? Well, the gentleman is uh, reticent about delivering the message, Anna. 
He insists on seeing Mr. Craig. Now, look, Buster, fun is fun. You know we're all in this together. I'm just following orders. Yes, yes, just following orders. Of course, Valentine, you're right. I admire your devotion to orders. Okay, thanks. This is where Craig lives, isn't it? Yes, it is. All right, I want to see him. Where is he? Suppose you tell him, Mama. But he is... He is in jail, Mr. In jail? But why? We don't quite know. Some little charge. But can't can't the group do something about it? I believe so, Mr. Valentine. I believe so. Well, then why don't you get on it? I don't plan to spend much time here. I have other places to go. We shall start proceedings immediately. Um, tell me, Mr. Valentine, where would you like to meet Mr. Craig? I'll stay in my room at the hotel all evening. I suppose you know the number of the room. You know everything else. Oh, of course. The room is number 38. Uh, come, Anna. We shall visit the police so that Mr. Craig can keep his appointment. Just a minute. Valentine? Yeah, that's right. I'm Stanley Craig. Oh, well, come in, come in. Thank you. Mr. Valentine, I understand you have a message for me. Yeah, yeah, that's right. From Kester? Well, uh, no. No, I'm afraid that was a little white lie. Then just why did you want to see me? Mr. Valentine, we don't go in for little white lies. No, no, I'm sure of that. I'm afraid the group wouldn't like that. You are quite right. Well? My message is from your wife, Mr. Craig. My wife? Is she all right? She's quite all right. She's just afraid that you're not. (laughs) Nonsense. You can see that I am. For the present, yes, I can. But how long can you go on? What do you mean by that? Mrs. Craig sent me to bring you home. She thought I might be able to reform you, I guess, but... Well, I see it's not easy to take anyone from the group. No. No, it isn't. Now, look, Craig... Why do you want to gamble like this? Why don't you come home to your wife? Forget the whole thing. I can't, Valentine. I'm in too deep. I've got to see it through. Tell her that. Well, I don't know what more I can say. Uh, there are cigarettes in this box? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Help yourself. Thanks, I will. You have a light? Yeah, sure, yeah. Thanks. Valentine, I had already guessed your mission. Now, listen to me. I'm listening. I put a paper under the cigarettes in that box. If anything happens to me, read it. Do what it says. Wait a minute. I don't get it. We are very careful in the group, Valentine. We never know who may be listening. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Mr. Valentine, I suggest that you stay here in Port Hope for a few days. You may be able to deliver an important message back to the States for me. Well, uh, okay. See you later, I hope. Hmm. And you can't always win, I suppose. Pretty stupid way to earn a trip to the South Pacific. Good evening, hmm. Mr. Valentine. Oh, Graniff. What were you doing out there on the balcony? Watching your conference with Mr. Craig. Then I suppose you heard our conversation. Though I tried very hard, unfortunately, no. 
I did hear, however, one important fact. Such as? That you did not bring a message from Kester, as you said. Only a message from the man's wife. Oh, yeah. Well, it was a try, wasn't it? You have done what you came here to do. There is a plane through for the States tomorrow morning. I expect you to take it. And if I refuse? If you refuse, then this... Oh, now look, Buster. That's the second time you pulled a gun on me today. You will leave in the morning? No. And I'll relieve you of that gun. You estimated yourself. Think it over, Valentine, when you wake me Just a moment, we'll return to tonight's adventure of George Valentine. But first, a question. Hello there. What? Wake up, wake up. Come on, would you, old man? Uh, yeah, sure, sure. What is it? You the radio operator at this airport? Uh, uh, radio? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Radio operator, ticket agent. All right, all right. Can... I want to send a radiogram. I want you to send it for me. Oh, now, just a minute, bud. This is an airport. Official business only. Now, look, there's an office in the hotel. Suppose you don't you trust to... anybody to send a very important message. Yeah. How important? Enough to affect the lives of a lot of people. Oh? All right, here you are. It's all written out for you. Think you can get it through for me? Department of Justice, Washington, D.C. That's right. Will you do it? Uh, sure. Good. And when you get an answer back, hang on to it until I come back for it, will you? Hey, this is dynamite, Mr. Valentine, you'll find the signature at the bottom. And here's something for your trouble. Oh, no, 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 sir. I, I wouldn't take that. I'll buy yourself a couple of hula skirts to send to your girl. I'll be back in a few hours, and let's hope you've got an answer. Sam, I thought you weren't coming to the party last night. Oh, Jordan, you wrong me. Feather Brahms is now in the Cairo jail. A little worse for the wear. Okay. Now, Sam, when do I get my 15 grand back? Remember? Exhibit A? Uh, Jordan, you promised to lead me to Captain Maury. Where is he? In jail. Captain Maury, Jan Swenson, Fader Brahms. They're all the same man. Oh. It's no wonder we couldn't find the other two. When did you know this? Uh, I should have known from the beginning. Fader was too elaborate with his plans. I figured he invented the other two to keep me on my toes, make sure I didn't lose interest. And if a murder rap came up, the police would be out looking for Swenson and Maury. Dead men. But, Jordan, that is hardly proof. No. I wasn't sure until Fader Brahms came to me and demanded the money. I told him to ask Swenson and Captain Maury, but Fader didn't bat an eye. Why? Because he knew they didn't exist. No doubt they were actually killed in the salvage boat. Sure. So when I told Fader I'd produce Captain Maury, he knew I was lying. He decided it was time to get rid of me. Just one thing I don't understand. Uh, Sam, about my 15000 uh, What don't you understand? Well, if Fader Brahms killed Angus Morgan and took his money, why didn't he get out of Cairo? Now, very good question, Jordan. Brahms has confessed to the murder, but he did not get the money. What? Sabina came into Angus Morgan's room too quickly after the murder. In his haste to escape, Fader left the very thing he was after. Then he really did think I had it. Oh, but where is the money? But that is a very strange thing, Jordan. After we brought you back here last night, the money was found in the third floor laboratory. How it got there, I don't know. Sam, of course. 
Angus set the money satchel on the lowest shelf of that uh, that little cart the nurses wheel around. It was still there when she wheeled it out. Ah, uh-huh, I see. Perhaps during the confusion after the murder. Well, that about settles everything. Oh, no, Sam. What about my 15 grand? My dough? Well, you see, Georgian, there will probably be an estate. You will have to put in a claim for it. Well, of all the... Standard Oil Company of California invites you to Let George Do It. Before we begin tonight's adventure of George Valentine, consider this important fact about gasoline. Any gasoline can be refined in such a way as to stress one feature at the expense of others, But Chevron Supreme Gasoline is designed to give you all eight necessary high-performance qualities. Starting, warm-up, acceleration, area blending, vapor lock prevention, anti-knock, and power. For top performance under all driving conditions, shift to the gas with all eight Chevron Supreme Gasoline. At standard stations and independent Chevron gas stations where they say, and mean, we take better care of your car. Starlight Pier, another adventure of George Valentine. Dear Mr. Valentine, looks like I'm about to lose everything I got because of a string of circumstances I can't control. I own the amusement zone on Starlight Pier. You've never heard of me, but... You've probably read in the papers about the accidents that have been happening down here the last couple of weeks. Somebody's out to get me, Mr. Valentine, out to ruin my business. Maybe you can find out and stop it. If you want to try, please take a boat onto the Tunnel of Love this Friday afternoon at exactly 1 o'clock. Sounds like a lot of folderol, but I'll explain when I see you. Signed, Tex Manners. Yeah, Brooksy? I don't like this. Too dark in here for you? Oh, don't worry. I'm a very exemplary character, Angel. I don't Oh, the goon boy with the eerie green light on him, huh? Ah, you've seen him before. Never used to scare you. I know it. Guess I'm just silly, but why the owner of an amusement park should want to meet you in this tunnel of love place instead of his office? Well, maybe just another way of drumming up trade. Business does seem pretty slim today out there. There isn't another boat going through here, darling. Maybe it's some kind of a plant. George. Yeah, I'm Valentine. You text matters? That's right. Waiting for your boat. I can't see it, but I can smell the thing. Yeah, I got it. Hey, you in the front seat? Yeah, that's right. Okay, I'll get in the back. I find it in the dark. Ah, there. See, I thought I heard a woman's voice. 